0: up let's get this set up okay um as i say on the amazing clubhouse just gonna ping a couple of people into the room just to get some reminders make sure we have a good day of q a today so i'm just in the process of doing that now amazing okay Okay, okay, okay. So I am back. I'm Kaz or Kazi from Property by Kazi, and today we have another episode. Nobody else with Sharina. So I've just pinged her in. Hopefully, should be here very soon. Um, for those that don't know, or it's your first time here, it is an opportunity to ask an industry expert something within the property space today. We're going to be focusing on all things um, finance.
1: Yeah.
0: How you doing? You okay? I'm
1: good, thank you. How are you?
0: Good, good, good. Just making sure you could hear me. I wasn't sure. Do you know what? Yeah. Uh, not... and I had a load of phone calls come through and I was being a rubbish host. Um, so I'm going to introduce you very shortly. Why don't you introduce what we're going to do today? So today, again, is an episode of Ask Somebody Else. It's the premise where basically you get to ask somebody some questions within the property space. Today is a finance episode, and we have Shreena, on. she's got over 10 years of experience. So hopefully, she's going to really help us with all those questions that we want to know. I've got some questions myself. I'm going to put her on the spot and really test our knowledge, see where she's at, but hopefully you gonna. This is really gonna give back and help loads of people that potentially are either looking to buy their first property, buy a buy to let, buy an investment property. So, could we get a little introduction?
1: Yeah, sure. So, I'm Shreena. I work for a specialist lender. So, I mm-hmm. help investors, developers um, get finance for bridging, development finance, buy to lets, um, and also first time buyers who are looking to invest. So, I do everything kind of in that spectrum.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: as it's a specialist lender it's not your high street kind of bank so um, it's more um, quirky finance quirky properties um, mm-hmm. and a little bit more less black and white kind of tick box exercise um, and then also just on a personal side I also have a portfolio of properties in the London and Southeast. I've had those for about 10 years now and they're single buy to let and that's just kind of been my strategy.
0: Nice, nice, nice. Um, so I think Well, a few people have sent me questions that potentially weren't able to be here today, but are going to catch up. This is going to be posted on YouTube afterwards. Um, So one of the first questions was your opinion on the 95% uh, mortgages.
1: Sure. So just to kind of clarify, so I do non-regulated mortgages. So I do
0: anything
1: you don't live in it. It's literally investment. So I can give my thoughts on it, um, but in terms of I can't give any advice. um, Of course, of course. 95% mortgages, I think it's good because it will help people kind of be able to, you know, get onto that ladder, especially if they've got good, you know, um, income earnings in terms of salary, but they Mm -hmm. just don't have um, the the ability to build up that deposit. So when Mm -hmm. I... But, i mean you know the people that might have you know very large salaries live in central london pay a lot of money on rent so they can never save up for their deposit so they want to buy a property but they just don't have the ability because their deposits are low so i think it's really good for that kind of aspect but my biggest fear is if the property market shifts you yeah. might get negative negative equity quite easily yeah. especially you putting down five percent, um, so to me, I always, especially when I'm buying, I'm always trying to put ten to fifteen percent because just to give myself that buffer that if another two thousand and eight crash happens, I'm not going to be panicking that I've got a property yeah. got you know worth less than one. Yeah,
0: because even if it shifts a little bit, I'm right in saying. Let's say they're doing five percent mortgages now, and you're tied in for you know three years, for example. If at the end of those three years, if the property's only dropped by one percent. If you've only got 4% equity, there might be no 4 So you're kind of, I think it's called like mortgage prisoners or something like that, people who Basically, can't sell, can't move, and they're sort of just stuck. Um,
1: there won't be that many people that will probably refinance you, so you'll have to just stay, and they could probably put you on really silly rates. Because... Yeah,
0: that's that's the other thing I've seen, seen about that, particularly as people shift, you know, even in this current climate with, um, you know, the pandemic, some people that are potentially furloughed, earning less, and actually... They've ended up on some ridiculous rate mortgages because they can't refinance, um, and their current, you know, with their current deal because that was based on their existing circumstances. So yeah, guys, again, thank you everyone for being here, taking your time off on your Sunday. I just, I was almost late today myself. I've actually been on time like six weeks in a row. I was almost late, but just just slid in at the last minute. Um, so yeah, if you do have any questions, make sure you get them in. I've seen we've got um, a couple that have come through already. Um, but yeah, you can either ask them through the question box or just in the chat itself. Um, so one thing that comes up over and over again is auction finance. Everybody, you know, I think a lot of well, a lot of people that want to get into property are like, you know, really, we're not sucked in, but it's attractive when we see the guide prices of some of these properties at auctions and your mind starts to spin and you think, oh, what if, you know, I get it for that price and I can add value. But obviously you can't use conventional finance. Uh, for a, for an auction purchase so can you speak to us about what the best type of finance would be to use
1: sure so with auction you have 28 days usually to complete so committing. so if you can buy, buy a cap then amazing if you can't then you're going to need something like a bridger to bridge it and to do bridging finance you'll need to go to a specialist lender who can provide that finance um yeah. In terms of bridging, a lot of people say that bridging is expensive, but we need to demystify that a little bit because that is affordable. And the reason you use a bridge and you are going to pay a premium because you're getting a premium service. You Mm -hmm. want quick finance. You want that finance within 28 days. So bridging is probably the best thing to use for auction. Um, Yeah. Make sure that your lender can do it within that time frame because there is bridges that will say they can do it in 28 days and may not be able to. Um, but bridging definitely is 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 the product to use if you're going to do an all
0: oh. purchase. So, so do you what is that, Do you work with multiple lenders or just a specific specific lender?
1: So I am I am a lender. So okay, I'm, come to me for the fine. Mm. I'm the bank. That is you are the
0: bank. Wow impressive that's why that's what we should have in your bio (laughs) (laughs) and the bank
1: (laughs) but yeah so your broker would kind of find the lender that works Mm -hmm. well in terms of depending on the property depending on your time scales they'll be able to kind of tell you which lender can um basically get your finance and completion within that time
0: frame okay nice i think one thing you touched on that was good there was obviously about the myths about bridging is expensive i mean bridging is more expensive than your residential mortgage and more expensive than your buy to let most of the time but i think bridging is expensive a lot of the time because the fees are very in your face they're telling you this is what you have to pay if you don't pay it you asking whereas with you know buy to let a lot of the time you have your fees are hidden. your fees are hidden maybe in a high survey cost um, a mortgage redemption penalty which you know for some of the products now can be up sort of five percent in the first year which can be a lot so i think it is you know right to kind of make sure you caveat with what fees actually are depending on how long you were looking at buying somewhere for um but well, that's very interesting and then in terms well, of as just um, yeah. if the property is in a mortgageable position
1: and you don't need to do any works on it there is lenders that can also just put you straight onto it and it can be done within 28 days mm-hmm it's not always I'm buying at auction, I need to get um, bridge finance because you might actually just be able to go straight onto a buy-to-let. And the lender I work for, you can do bridging and buy-to-let within the same amount of time so we can complete. Mm. So it's all down to, is there work needs to be done? Can it be mortgageable? Do I need to go down bridge finance? If not, can I just put it straight on a buy-to-let?
0: Okay, no, that's good. Um, somebody has just asked, so they said, um, is it better to get, um, a buy-to-let mortgage that allows an early refinance and what that like, would be the kind of the implication of that
1: so it i don't know what context that's in.
0: So i guess there are like so see some for example some mortgages don't have an early redemption penalty but like so i guess it's flexible versus fixed rate almost mm-hmm. um and the, the difference between the two of being on, like a flexible product versus a fixed
1: yes yeah, so i suppose the biggest one is your early redemption costs. Mm-hmm. so run a flexible you can leave you can re and probably get equity out without having any penalties Or if you're in a three five or ten year, mm. fee, you have to wait for that fix to end or you have to pay a redemption which could be three percent five percent depending on the lender mm. so just stuck there for a longer period of time also if you're going to sell if they don't let you port the mortgage over to another property you might also be stuck with paying a penalty you know I've never done that
0: I've never even thought be honest how I don't I do that
1: buy to let you can port residentials but I don't know if you can so disclaim yeah
0: yeah no it's just funny because I've actually heard about porting it's been mentioned to me a lot but I guess yeah I don't work in a residential space that often but I've never thought to myself oh I need to port a mortgage or you know but definitely I think that would be something I might might look into in the future yeah. um let's have a look there were a couple of questions that come through
1: quite a lot of questions i'm looking at them but i'm like
0: there are there's a lot um is it better I it can i save this live i would definitely save the live and um i think i'll load it to youtube so if you're not following the youtube quick plug go and follow my youtube subscribe and you can see it there um so okay i guess this is kind of a i'm not going to ask the exact way they asked the question. Um is how can you ensure you can obtain bridging finance and how can you be sure um, that you're going to get it within a 28-day period?
1: Sure. So if we just take a step back, with au- let's talk about auction properties because it mm-hmm. might be, um Kind of a live example when a client's going to auction there might be three or four properties that they might be interested in so when they come to myself i will put those three or four scenarios into to see if it's if it works and then if it does i'll be like okay up to seven hundred, five hundred thousand, hundred thousand you can bid for and you we're happy to give you that finance subject to credit scoring because it's all just done very high level Mm -hmm. now once that hammer drops and they get that property they then come back to me and we will as quickly as possible instruct solicitors and uh, surveyors to Mm -hmm. kind of get that property valued and the legal pack start to be worked on now if The key is to have a very good solicitor as a borrower that knows how to look at auction packs, look at legal packs and can work quickly. Key thing is I have a lot of solicitors on the borrower side that just don't have capacity. So they'll say, I've got a solicitor, but that solicitor just doesn't have the ability Mm. to complete 28 days. If your solicitor can complete within two weeks brilliant because all the lender's going to do is try and complete that loan as quickly as possible so if the lender said we've got capacity we can do it within two weeks three weeks it's all as how quickly can both the solicitors get to that completion aspect and how quickly can that valuation come back so key things i would say is make sure that lender's got um coverage for uh, mm-hmm. the bayer to be able to go out and get that report quickly also that they have the capacity to get the deal done. And then also your solicitor has the capacity to get the deal done. And if all those work, then there shouldn't be an issue with completing within 28 days.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's really key, a few things you said. I was watching, I can't, I'd like to shout them out, but I can't remember whose place I was watching, but they were just talking about, obviously, timeframes. And a lot of the time... There is a lot of, or well, from my side, there's a lot of, you know, obviously you want to ask people like the solicitor and the surveyors and are you available? But also, if you know you've got a 28 day deadline, don't yeah. just say, oh, yeah, I've got a 28 day deadline, but they told me they're going to do it. So I'll just leave it in your hands. You yeah. know, you have to kind of have manageable deadlines. OK, I would expect the survey to be done within this time frame. I would expect to here him- inquiry sent out by x deadline if you're not meeting those mini deadlines chances are you're gonna potentially fall foul of meeting your 28 day deadline i mean the good thing about the current climate is quite a few auctions particularly if you buy like pre-auction um are offering quite good um, completion terms so you can get those potentially extended from you know six to eight weeks um i've sort of i've seen on my side of things
1: yeah we've seen quite a lot of um Sellers that have extended a week, two weeks, past Mm. 28 days, they've been very flexible,
0: yeah, which is good. Oh, there was something else you said that I wanted to touch on credit scoring for bridging, like because uh, some people get bridging on the basis that they're not eligible for more conventional finance. Mm -hmm. Um, will a bridge lend to anybody? Like, uh, yeah,
1: so again it's not like your high street bank so they don't care much about your credit score all they want to know is you don't have to have a good credit score you don't have to have credit behind you but they don't want you to be someone that got twenty thousand pounds worth of county court judgments outstanding (laughs)
0: yeah they
1: want you to at least have clean credit but then even if you have got bad credit it just means your bridging pricing will just be more expensive so depending on how good your credit will determine your rate, basically. So we will look at adverse. So you could have missed mortgage payments. You could have had a county court judgment. You could have basically not paid your credit card for six months. We'll look at it, but you might not like the price that you're going to get.
0: Yeah, I feel like dealing with bridges potentially is almost like being able to talk to the underwriter directly in that you could kind of justify scenarios. If they say, look, you've got a missed mortgage payment and you say, yeah, but that was the time that, I don't know I'd switch banks and X Y and Z and you present them evidence like you're more likely to actually have a conversation it's less of a computer said no scenario um, get that
1: and, I've had it a few times where I' um, yeah, just show me where the bank statement was I showed you had that two thousand
0: pounds for that, that had it at the point and yep. then, yeah we can take we can take a judgment on it and also if you're bridging it's either it's like you're spending money to make money so you should have taken those you know those what those costs are into account and you're, you're probably doing it on the basis that you have the potential to make a lot more of those fees Ooh, where's my phone not charged sorry let not just turn off okay we're good <laughs> um yeah throughout the process
1: but also uh, what we'll do um and that's on a bridging finance mm. or development finance or refurb bridge they will s- kind of stack that deal for you as well so mm. if the finance cost that I'm charging you costs more than what you're going to make as a profit. You you might not get the finance just because it doesn't make sense. You're not, you've got no yeah. profit. Um, uh, yeah, your-
0: yeah, yeah. I think that, that leads right into a question. So what do you ask to see? Like if I, if I approach you and I say like, you know, maybe um, this is my first time at auction. I want to buy X property. Um, you know, I might want to refurb it. I might have planning. in you want to see potential black? What, what do you want to see from me as a as a um, borrower
1: so if it's just you're buying the property and you don't need planning and you're just going to do some work do a bit of a refurb we'll just ask for the schedule of works um and then basically what you think you can sell it for what's your comparables and what your flip cost price would be mm-hmm. and, and then we'll just do a bit of a calculation saying look after you've paid for the property, paid stamp duty, paid solicitor valuation fees, cost of works, plus the finance costs, broker fees, whatever else there is, are you making usually you want to see 15% profit? So if you're mm-hmm. not 15% and you're going to sell it, we're probably going to ask the question to so why do you think this is a good investment? Now, when we say 15%, if that, say it was you were making a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. like, eight percent profit then that makes sense because it's still a big monetary value that you're getting on the flip yeah. but if it was making eight percent and you were only making seven grand we'd probably say what, what, yeah. what if, if, you, if things overrun or anything happens your probably
0: you're, your risk and reward doesn't marry up because you're a bit overexposed in that scenario and i guess that's the way for people who asked about the finance cost that's just the way that the, the the lender would look at that you know if you're considerably higher risk because you've had late or non-payments, they're just going to charge you more money because it's like if I want to take a chance on you, then you need to give me better odds. Exactly yeah.
1: that. But- not saying we're all doing this but you're trying to get as much money out of that person especially if they're more riskier because we want to know that you're going to continue or at least finish off that project and get give us our money back basically nobody wants to stay on a one percent a month bridge for very long so you hope it will drive them to finish it much quicker than sit on there for 12 to 15 months
0: no exactly exactly that i've got the odd chaser letter from our bridge asking you know can, can you confirm the property is now on the market Can you confirm that your plan has been accepted? Um, Good, you're very right. You definitely do need a good solicitor. I think, I don't know if it's next week or the following week, but we actually have a solicitor on in a couple of weeks, the property property lawyer. Um, So, yeah, definitely, if you've got any solicitor-related questions, make sure I'll do an update after this and let you know who's on for the next few weeks. Um, What do you know about right-to-buy and releasing finance from right to buy because i think three people have asked this question now i personally haven't gone down the right to buy route so i don't like i know obviously there's a time frame you can't sell within yeah um, do you know much about it
1: um, at all? so again it's a regulated product so right to buy i think you've got to own the property for a certain amount of time i'd want to say two or three years um but in terms of is it just a kind of Get money out? Is it for refund? yes
0: yeah, so if, I know. I think you can't sell for the first five years, if I'm right. Um, but, re-
1: but that's a possibility once you've bought it because it's your property. You can refi, That's not an issue. It's just mm. if you're going to try sell or make it into an investment property. I think there's a waiting period you've got to wait. Yeah,
0: I think to sell definitely, but I believe you can you can um, refinance. I'm pretty sure because you're not selling. You're just withdrawing your own money in that in that, um, effect. But I'm sure there will be. I'll try and find out. If I do find out um, any more about it, I'll have a conversation with somebody I know who's actually a specialist in the area. So I'll have a conversation with them. And I'll do a little post about it for you guys because don't want to feel like I've just left someone hanging on their questions.
1: People that have just said own it for five years, but definitely refi, you can refi. As long as you own it, that's not an issue.
0: Yeah and again a lot of questions are very a lot of them are about regulated products purely because obviously a lot of I think, the people that follow me are quite new on their journey and for most of us our first investment into property is our residential home mm-hmm. um, so this was just about consent to let mm-hmm. um, on a on a residential mortgage is it expensive to get consent to let
1: So, how consent to let works is is um, you would let your lender know now that you're not going to live in it, and it could be for whatever reason Mm -hmm. you're moving away for a different to to find another property nearer to your workplace, or you can't afford it and you need to rent it. Oh, it could be any reason. And Mm -hmm. what you ask your lender for that consent to let, but that consent to let is not forever. That is them telling you okay, we've given you that consent, but when the term ends, so say, for example, it's a five-year fix, you will have to refinance onto a buy-to-let product or go elsewhere and find a buy-to-let product. So there's no cost for that consent to let because a lot of um, lenders will just do it. But you just have to be mindful that if you've got a 95 or a 90% mortgage, mm-hmm and you're asking for a consent to let there's not many buy-to-let products at that range so you're going to have to start paying down some of that mortgage because typically you're going to find 75% buy-to-let mortgages as a max at the moment so that's the only thing there if you're very highly leveraged on your residential
0: nice nice um i hear a lot about development finance is development finance like, what is it? Is it different to a bridging loan? Is it the same? Where did the rates stack in both of them? Um, yeah, talk to us about development finance.
1: So there's two. This it depends on a, the lender they how they define development finance. So we mm. got development refer finance. and what that means is we provide finance for uh, anything that you're converting. So as long as you're not knocking it down, but you're converting, you're extending, you're going for mm. your re we can provide finance on it and it's still done on a bridge because it's a short-term product mm-hmm. and typically what we do is give you the money for the purchase so let's mm-hmm. say five percent for the purchase plus a hundred percent of the works on top mm-hmm. and actually get all your works funded um it is in arrears so you have to spend thirty thousand of your own money first and then you get reimbursed
0: okay
1: so that's one aspect. Then there's the proper development finance ground-up stuff where you've got a piece of land or you've got a house, you're knocking it down and you've got planning. Um, and again, that it's not on a bridge, it's not on a term, but it's on a development finance facility, which could be anything up to two years or three-year facility, depending on how big the scheme is as
0: well. Okay, so for your um, like just conversion development finance, Do you package the purchase and the works as one finance package or is it two separate um, products?
1: So it depends. If um, the property can be converted or done without planning, so under p or you have got planning, then it can go straight to the refurb product, which means you'll get that. In that same product, you'll get the purchase plus the works. Now, if you haven't got the planning and you've got to get the planning, then you can put it on a bridge first. Mm-hmm. to get the planning so we'll give you the money towards the purchase and then once you get the planning we flip it onto that refurb bridge so you can then have works as well on top so it's okay. all dependent on what what planning or not planning you have on that property
0: okay fair enough and for i think somebody i can't remember who but asked um for the initial purchase what's your maximum um that's offered like on a from a loan to value perspective
1: so typically, lenders are going seventy to seventy-five percent on bridging. Mm-hmm. Um when I say seventy seventy-five, that's the gross figure. So just to quickly do some bits and pieces on bridging. So with bridging, a lot of lenders will either make you service the interest, or they'll retain the interest, or di- or, or deduct it, however you want to call it, or they'll roll the interest. So mm-hmm. what is if they're giving you seventy-five percent, and then the interest for twelve months is let's say. 50,000 um and the loan that they're going to give you is 200,000 they will take away that 50,000 interest which means you'll now get a loan of 150 because you've paid your interest
0: yeah, you paid it. and that's your net net loan your net Something
1: loan like that, right? 50 so mm. the gross is the 75 but by the time it's been netted it might be 70 72 depending on what the fees are um sometimes you can service it the only time they'll let you service it usually is if there's income coming from that property which means um they don't deduct the interest you just pay every month but okay. no one wants that because it's a bit messy because whilst you're doing your your build or your construction you yeah. don't worry about every month i've got to make sure i've got a thousand pounds yeah
0: and a lot of the time it's a lot lot more than that if you're doing a large project i think i've never service my loans yeah just purely for that reason i think i could understand why somebody would if you were in a business that cash flowed really well and you were just i don't know you were just getting into developments maybe off the back of a business that cash flowed really well it might make sense because you didn't have as much capital but you knew you had the income but i think most of us that have been doing developments for a little while have built up like a working capital pool that we know what we have it's not going to extend massively over the next couple of months so why not pay in advance Alfred. How are you doing, Alfred? Alfred has asked a question. Alfred's actually coming on in a couple of months because we were really busy, but Alfred's going to be on very soon to discuss his amazing HMOs in Coventry. Um, He's asked, when you request the the development element, um, once you get the planning, do you effectively pay double the fees rather than if you were to do it without planning? That's right. If you were to do it with planning, basically, is it more expensive to go down, uh, buy the product, buy the, buy the property, then get planning, and it's sort of almost two separate products.
1: So how how we do it is we only charge fees on any additional monies you take out. So mm-hmm. if it's um, say for example on the bridge, I gave you hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and on the refurb, I'm giving you that hundred thousand to repay re- the bridge. Plus, I'm mm-hmm. giving thousand for works. You're only going to pay the fee on the fifty thousand because you've already okay. paid
0: and, and I guess when I was speaking to um, Sam Norris about this, his argument for potentially doing it that way was, obviously, if you were to take the money, potentially take all the money up front, um, as basically a loan against the GDV, for example, if you bought a site with planning. So you're actually taking like, loads of money to start with. You're paying your interest over the whole sum on day one. Whereas if you have like a drawdown facility on paying, you know, paying for the works in arrears, then you, even if you're in, whatever your interest rate is, you're paying it on a percentage of the the loaned amount. So yeah. you probably pay a lot lower annualized interest if you do it that way as well. So I guess it depends how it stacks with your fees. Well, I'm sure for someone as established as Alfred, he's got an amazing spreadsheet and he knows exactly what he pays and wouldn't pay a penny more than he has to <laughs>
1: Yeah, most um, refurb products will have the tranche aspect, so you shouldn't pay any interest on the facility until you draw mm-hmm. it down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: People do come to me and they don't want the refurb because they want to, they've got their own cash to do it, so they just... Yeah bridge but the advantage and disadvantage is on our products on a bridge we deduct that interest like i mentioned to you so your net figure is much less whilst on our refurb we roll the interest so if i'm giving you 75 percent gross you're actually going to get 75 percent gross day one because all the interest gets rolled till the end when you pay it off so you get better day one money, money basically yeah.
0: that makes sense um so I, I don't know. This might again if there's too many moving parts. But I've actually got a deal I was looking at. Like, so I went to view it earlier this week, and I was I'm in an hour in between options of how to finance it. So effectively, purchase um, eight hundred thousand. It's probably worth six hundred thousand.
1: Are you gonna? Do I need a copy?
0: Uh, maybe a little notepad. Have you got a little got pen and paper ready? It's not um, a test. You know I might fail you uh, so so basically purchase price is eight hundred thousand um, but without planning, it's probably in its current state worth six hundred, but obviously the vendor's aware that there's a significant uplift the g d v is uh one point seven million mm-hmm. um and our works are probably circa four. Uh, Three hundred and fifty thousand. Okay. What What do you reckon in terms of a finance structure? Best way to structure a finance deal like that? What would you, where would you place that?
1: So, if you don't get that planning before complete, mm. then yeah. we go on the as if on day one. So, we'll give you seventy five percent towards your purchase. Yeah. And then um we will use the GDB figure. So, we don't want to extend past seventy percent of loan to GDB. So. With the purchase plus the works plus the interest rolled up, as long as you're up you don't exceed seventy percent loan to G D V, we mm-hmm. can purchase money and the works money. And we will put that on a tro- on a um I don't what is it? What are you gonna be doing? What's the actual end project?
0: Uh, so refurb the existing house and new build house on the land.
1: And sell or to
0: keep So, yeah, sell. Sell the entire entire asset.
1: And do you think you can do all that in twelve
0: months and sell, or would you need like fifteen months? So, if if we can get planning, we could potentially get an option to get planning pre, like you know, to get planning beforehand. So, if we get planning beforehand, yes, we can do it in twelve months. If we can't get planning beforehand, then no, we probably need eighteen months because sure. we have to take into account the planning. It's very slow at the moment.
1: <laughs> and what if um, is it a purchase that you're only going to purchase if you get the planning? Otherwise, you don't want that property
0: i'll get the planning yeah.
1: everyone says this i always say what's your backups so i'm going to get
0: planning. no so the, the backup is okay so our our personal size in terms of from a lender's perspective like i said realistically the, if you come and value the property we're buying it for 800 it's worth 600 without planning so realistically you know we're going to have to to meet the, the valuation loan to value we're going to have to put in you know four hundred thousand day one to meet the loan to value on what the valuation stacks up as
1: um are you wh- buying it more because you're hoping of that uplift rather than them selling it without planning and you just pay for what it's worth as it they
0: w- they wouldn't sell it they but, know basically they- there's precedence that the planning we want everybody has done mm. so it's worth what it's worth yeah um. In a nutshell, they know there's the uplift there. They know that they, you know, if they had the money, they would do it themselves, or the experience, they would do it themselves. Um, yeah, Alfred knows we will get planning. We don't not get planning. I work with AA Drafting, best <laughs> architects in London. <laughs> I'm not hearing any different. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, but no, The reason I ask that is because I've done deals where um, we put it straight on a refurb bridge. Mm-hmm. And what we do is is if you said to me, if I don't get the planning, all I'm going to do is refurb. Yeah. The it anyways we'll just put it straight onto a refurb and we'll say if you don't get the planning within four months we'll just switch that facility to the smaller facility for just a normal refurb versus mm-hmm. the larger one if you did get the planning so it, you still have that flexibility
0: is what i'm trying to say in terms of yeah not- i think our, our, our downside is because they know of the planning game, we're paying a premium so if we buy that property tomorrow we buy it for six hundred. Sorry, buy it for eight hundred. We spend a hundred, and it's worth eight hundred. So we're like negative. By the time we take into fees and stamp duty, etc., we're at negative one hundred and sixty thousand. However, because there is like a ninety-five percent chance that we get the plan in and we get the uplift, it's worth the what if.
1: Yeah, but I suppose, as I said, we're lenders will we're work off the GDV. Mm. So if you say it's going to be worth. 1.1 1. 1 at the end we yeah. work with 1. one figure regardless Yeah. So yeah. At day one you're not going to get that close to 800 we'll only be able to give you 75 or 600
0: mm-hmm.
1: we won't penalize you because we know it's going to be 1.1 1. 1 at the end basically
0: yeah no, that makes sense see look i get to ask my own questions Some benefit <laughs> doing these labs just free consultation exactly 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 um okay so another question that was asked if we go back to the buy to let space yep. was asked the difference in rates from a person where was the question difference in rates um on a personal name versus a company name from buy to lets. i believe it was like specified hmos but i don't know if that makes a difference sure so
1: depending again on the lender so mm-hmm. lender have different products for HMOs, different products for um, normal buy to lets, and then there'll be some lenders that will price differently for limited companies and personal names. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: myself, we don't, it doesn't matter if it's limited company or. Um, personal names it's the same pricing but you Mm -hmm. will find your more high street or your second kind of tier lenders will be um price driven depending on the entity um also there'll be a stress test depending on it as well so if you've got a if you're in a limited company the lender might want the rent to cover 125 times or 100 Mm -hmm. times cover whilst if it's in a personal name they might need 140 times cover for example depending on your okay
0: and is that Obviously, nothing's 100% standard, but generally speaking, is it stressed more diligently in a personal name than a, a company name?
1: Depending on your tax bracket, yeah. They may do a higher stress if you're a 40% taxpayer, for example. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so it's very it's very lender to lender. again.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense because obviously it's about the actual returns you're going to get from that property because if... Both of our rents are exactly both. Both of us get um, two thousand pounds a month in rent, but yeah. one person is paying twenty five percent tax. Do you know? I always, I didn't actually ever know the answer to that till you said that. It's just learning. What
1: money? He's got a smaller corporation tax versus. Yeah.
0: It? Okay. 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 Now that makes sense. I didn't actually ever think of that. I always just wondered why. I thought I don't know maybe because the companies have more assets, but I always thought that could be different from pers- that that changes based on the applicant. But yeah that makes a lot of sense uh how do you get the value of the property with and without planning well with planning it's based on whatever the value of your your plans are so if you plan to build two houses in the garden they take the value of what those two houses will be worth in the area plus the existing house and that's what the value is and without planning they just value like a normal bricks and mortar valuation of whatever's currently there um alfred what is alfred asking us
1: market research
0: okay i I think maybe he's he's answering indirectly the question above as well but yeah that's a lot of time the values yeah just come down to what the surveyor says as well so when linda send out their surveyor they'll, they'll buy, that's that's your end of discussion really once they've said what the value is that's the honest answer of where your values come from because you can be buying it for wherever you like but if the surveyor doesn't agree then um basically yeah. uh, i'm so bad at reading like trying to multitask and double and that and also carry on talking um When will specialist lenders become more flexible? As it stands, when you take out a mortgage in a limited company for a fix for five years, you're not able to switch more mortgage products. Um, Do you want to answer that?
1: Sure. So, again, depends on the lender. So, we have a product, which is a five-year product, but after three years, there's no penalty. So, you can Mm -hmm. move without having to pay any um, early redemption so again find the right lender find the right product maybe take a two-year fix or a three-year fix if you don't want to be tied in for so long um, especially nobody knew covid was going to happen and all these interest rates were going to drop basically so um, a lot of people benefited if they were on a, um, a tracker mm-hmm. A variable. A lot of people that were fixed in, they were probably a little bit annoyed. But um yeah, there is lenders that allow without, you know, some ERCs as they call it. Also, depending on the lender, you can be quite flexible. So, mm-hmm. so you can. Can you
0: can you, can you, can you tell us? Uh, I hate you, acronym people. where ERCs? Can we have that? To... Oh, okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Just check
1: No, of course. But yeah, it's just quite <laughs> the right lender that will that will help you get the more flexible products.
0: Okay, um, no, I think that's good. And also, like, just from my side, you're just as responsible for picking your product that's fit for purpose. So if you know you're going to sell the property in two years, why did you sign up for something that has a five-year early redemption penalty? Like early redemption penalty. Like, you know, there's there's loads of products out there that you may be you may be charged more on a monthly basis, um, but then you save the money when you come to sell the property. And I think that's why you've got to really just make sure you live in those spreadsheets and live in the numbers Like, if work out what your cost of finance is going to be, which includes your monthlies, your arrangement fees, your early redemption penalties, and also with like, you know, marry that with what you plan to do with the property itself. Um, I think maybe one of the cases where some people get stuck is like within the last five years, lenders have become a lot more stringent with what their like rental requirements are for the property to stack. So I think sometimes as an investor, even if I know, like, you know, the rents are higher or I'm going to HMO in the future, the property only stacks if I take a five-year product. Um, And I've got some friends that do deals where effectively they buy um, products, rent them out for a period of time. And then afterwards, they go, they work in um, Article 4 directive areas where they convert them to HMOs and want to switch the product or package those to investors at, you know, at, you know, fixed yield um, purchases, because they can get a higher commercial valuation than they would on bricks and mortar, but they're kind of stuck between, they can only buy the properties in the first place, they take them on a five years, but their whole business model is based on switching in maybe two to three years. But then you mentioned, obviously you have products that would almost be fit for purpose for that.
1: That. And also a lot of people, when you say they, they'll find out what the early redemption cost is. And if it's, there's some that will be 3%, some that will be 1%. And some will take that 1% hit, knowing that if I have to sell within that term, does that 1% make sense? Will I still make a profit? So, again, just put your numbers in. See if you have to break the loan. Does mm-hmm. it money on the back end?
0: Yeah, not exactly that. Harris, 8, has said he's messaged you, Sharina. Um, and he looks forward to your reply.
1: Will do. Look at my DMs at one point
0: no problem oh luke's also got luke got a lot of people that are actually going to be on this segment so we've got luke's properties been investing over in i want to say south Wales, where i think he's going to correct me when he comes on but um that's again somebody who's gone outside of london um and has worked on making deals work on smaller um you know lower purchases so i think i saw ted recently did the post about like myths in terms of being able to get finance and I think some myths he wanted to debunk were that you can't get a mortgage if you've got, you know, bad credit or like some bad credit. You can't get mortgages if the property's worth less than 75000 And that's one I've heard quite a lot of conversations around. Um, are there still lenders that will lend at less than 75000
1: Yeah, there's lenders that are doing twenty five fifty $50,000. is.
0: Wow.
1: You will pay probably a bit higher pricing because mm-hmm. how lenders look at it is a loan for 25 or 50,000 is the same amount of work for a loan for 300,000 and the profit they make from the smaller loans is not as good as the bigger loans so to kind of be clogged with so many smaller loans they make a minimum loan amount so for example we had a minimum loan amount of 100 it's now creeped up to 200 just because the 100k below didn't make us any money so we wanted to make sure that we get more profitable loans so it's really hard especially um with first time buyers, first time investors that are looking up north and they're buying properties for 100 150 000 to two hundred thousand, i can't potentially help most of them because their loan sizes are too small, but there is lenders that will do minimum I think the norm is fifty thousand twenty five I think there's only one lender I know uh, but between fifty and a hundred is kind of standard in terms of the loan sizes
0: yeah okay no, that's good that's good to know because I know a lot of people. You know particularly when they're looking to invest you know london property prices have got so high that they you know have enough potentially for what would be a residential deposit at five percent but can't meet the 25 to 30 percent deposits for buy-to-lets or for investment properties but they don't have a requirement for any, you know for a residential property at the moment so i think it is good that obviously people can still look at other areas can network with people like luke like tege that are already doing it outside of london Um, So that is, it's good to hear from you as well. Now, let me go through the questions because there were a few more in the question box. Somebody asked a question that was like, which I think you've answered already actually. Um, For first time buying an auction with good credit, what would the average interest rate on a bridging loan of 250,000 on a fixed term for 12 months be?
1: So... Again, it can range depending on the asset, where it is, what loan to value, but let's say you want a 75%, you're probably looking between 0.7, 0.79, anything Mm -hmm. there per month if you've got good credit.
0: And I guess that moves, from my experience, quite a lot based on your loan to value as well.
1: Yeah, so there's different thresholds. So if it's sub 65, sub 50, Mm -hmm. 70 will determine the pricing basically.
0: And so for those, again, that might not be as experienced, 0. 0.7, can you kind of explain 0.7? Do you have a calculator up? Can I
1: have, you can... if, you, if you can do 0. 0.7 times 12, which is actually, now I should know that, 8.4, right? Okay. 8.4 per month. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. So the rate for the whole loan for that 12 months will be 8.4%. And okay.
0: it's
1: monthly. That's why it's 0. 0.7 per month.
0: That is because, you know what, I think a lot of the time, In terms of getting into development, it's just almost understanding finance. So understanding what, because when I was first getting these letters, like say, oh, we've got a great deal, you know, that we're doing this at 0.55, but then what's going to happen if you don't meet your terms, you're going to jump to X. And I think if you are getting into development, really understanding that when you get a term sheet sent over from a lender or from your broker, understanding what those actually mean and how to put them into a spreadsheet or however you calculate your numbers to make sure that the deal still stacks for you because finance costs are expensive. Like let's not hide that fact. <laughs>
1: no, they so... um, just be, you know, with every bridging or buy select product, there'll be an arrangement fee. There might be an admin fee, mm-hmm. and there'll be valuation costs. There'll be va- um, legal costs. And then also just check because bridging, usually there won't be an exit fee, but some bridges might put an exit fee into that or a minimum term. Mm-hmm. So double check that. And the other thing that um, is important is that term bit that you talked about. So, mm. as a lot of lenders, if you don't finish and come off that term within the set period of time, you may get into hefty fees, which could be anything like 2% per month. And that could then really eat up into your profit.
0: Yeah, I think that's key. Um, I'm sorry, so v2 um, said i'm thinking of buying in auction but i have a good amount of equity in my residential do you recommend use it do you recommend using that or just taking um or just taking out the bridging loan um, for a deposit um buying flipping the property. i'm not sure exactly what, i think maybe the question is i'm going to interpret this as i like <laughs> um because i clearly can't read um as so I guess about the benefit of taking money out of a property and then just getting a direct bridge to buy somewhere versus potentially like a second charge bridge um, against an existing asset with considerable equity in it?
1: So I would say if you... It depends on if you're asking for the deposit. So if you have to use a second charge bridge or raise equity out of your residential to get the deposit, then obviously that's a given, do that, because if you don't have any other cash, that's the only way you're going to put down a deposit. Mm -hmm. And and then you can get the remainder on that bridge. Um, But if you're saying, should I use equity from my property versus getting a bridge, um, then I would say the residential equity out will probably be cheaper than the bridge. Mm your rates will be like a residential mortgage rate um but then just make sure that you can afford your monthly mortgage payments because they will also go up as well so um depends on how you're trying to structure that deal i
0: suppose okay because like let's say for example i've got an asset now um because i didn't have planning on it it's currently it's like split commercial currently have like no lending on it um i've got planning so gonna do it up like let's say I hadn't sold that asset so I've got it's maybe worth half a million, no outstanding finance. If I saw something at auction could I is there any way I could use that as security without without actually like just as as basically almost like my deposit or my security if I didn't
1: want You can use that property to one Mm. get a deposit out so say you said I need 20 grand or 30 grand Mm. get a bridge for 30 grand or you can get a buy to debt mortgage for 30 grand um, Mm. or that whole property to actually purchase your other property. You can just take out all that money from that property um, and then do a cash purchase for you. Or you can leverage off both of them if you wanted to just get the most amount out basically and get 75 across that one and 75 across the new one.
0: Nice, nice. A lot of good, good, good questions coming up. Um, so, yeah, I forgot to actually do my, my clubhouse thing and reset the room, even though it's very late. So today we're talking about all things property and all things finance um, in the property space. So I have Sharina ronnie who's got 10 years of experience, Is it 10 years? <laughs> That's a lot of experience, 10 years of experience, um, you know, working with all different types of finance. So she's been helping answer a lot of the questions that people have in terms of, bridging loans, development, finance, buy-to-let, residential mortgages, and everything in between. Um, I'd like to take this chance to actually ask you a question. So what are your plans? Um, So you said that you invest in property yourself. Um, What are your plans sort of 2021, 2022? What are you going to be doing in the property space?
1: Yeah, sure. So I took a bit of a break to be fair on the property investing. So I built up my buy-to-let portfolio and then I was kind of content and happy because my when I went into it, my strategy was appreciation and kind of long-term mm-hmm. um, hold for wealth um, rather than cash flow, mm-hmm. trying to replace the rent for my salary. Um, so I stopped um, investing in the last couple of years, but I have thought about coming back into it, but not for hold, but to do flips. So mm-hmm. kind of buy some properties at below market value or buy good, add some value and then get some profit out. So that's what I'm working on this year. Um, I'm hoping to do a few of those. And it does help to be in the sector of being able to get the finance. So at least I can make sure that I can get the finance on the back end. So, yeah, that's my plans.
0: No, I think think that's good. That's good. A A lot of people doing some amazing things in this property space um and i think that's probably a good place to wrap up today um we see a lot of people have got a lot of free of inf- information but if you do you know have any finance needs then you can obviously add her up um and i'll give this as an opportunity for you to plug yourself because she is the uh queen of clubhouse at the moment We're in the- a lot of rooms <laughs> a, lot, a lot of property spaces where she's obliged to have me on so go ahead tell the people where can they find you over the next couple of weeks
1: Sure. I just want to answer that person's question that asked me if I manage my properties myself quickly. So I don't have a management agency. I'm very, um, I'm very hands on. So I manage all my por- 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 portfolio um, and that's why I choose London and South East because I live in London. So it just makes it easier. So I buy in the same kind of areas. So. That's that. Um, and by, for myself, in terms of clubhouse, yes, I run rooms on Tuesdays at seven o'clock um, on anything property. And I also do kind of a networking session as well. Kaz is actually a co-host on my Tuesday rooms when he isn't playing football.
0: Will, we're undefeated. So, you uh, know, football and clubhouse right now. Mm. i know i
1: know it's okay
0: um,
1: and then i also do networking rooms on wednesdays and um saturday so please do follow me on clubhouse and instagram to get notifications um, my name's Sharina 84 on clubhouse and yeah that's me
0: it's amazing thank you very much for having you on i use like you know like the, your famous clubhouse words you've added loads of value today which is <laughs> great um, those rooms are really good, I've been part of a few of them I've seen a lot of people in here that have also been involved um, Alfred, Luke, along with a few others Thank you for all you guys, that are actually I see some of you that I know are here every week And I appreciate it, taking the time out on your Sunday to come um, We've got loads of good people coming up over the next few months Which includes Alfred, um, Anthony LaVille, um, Karina Laporte, winner of The Apprentice um the property lawyers are loads of good people that you can ask questions to in regards to their property space but i see you're here every week and i appreciate you my brother um so i will get these up on the youtube on the instagram um and yeah hopefully there'll be a lot of you know information that you've enjoyed that you've got out of this we'll be back next week same time same place and i'm gonna maybe come to club i'm gonna be at clubhouse at least two days this week. Maybe not Tuesday because of football, but apart from that, I'll be there. Thank, okay. you. <laughs> Adam, thank you. thank you, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Take care, guys. Thanks. Bye.